Welcome everyone to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built. And we are a member of the 1012 Podcast Network, and you can find more great coverage of all the Big 12 over at 1012network.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and myself. Connect with us on social media at LonghornPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, The Longhorn Republic. Or shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. I'd also like to remind you, this podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. They are a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. They want you to be the best-dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today and show off your school spirit all season long. Well, they got a few weeks left. Christmas just around the corner with over 30 schools to choose from. Charlie Hustle has got you covered with all of your collegiate apparel needs and you can get 15% off any non-sale item by using the code 101215. That's T-E-N-1215 at checkout. Shop today over at charliehustle.com. Charlie Hustle, vintage, made fresh. My name is Gerald Gilders. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who hates very few things, but one of those things resides in Lubbock. Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? That's right. Prairie Dog Town. I despise it. Oh, I'm kidding. Uh, you know what we're talking about. We're here to talk about... The rivalry that isn't the Chancellor Spurs. Did you know this is the battle <laughs> for the Chancellor Spurs? This is um, te- Did you know? Texas versus Texas Tech is what we're talking today. And um, much like I don't even have a, a good analogy, but, um, you know, must, much like uh, there's a Dragon Ball Z reference here and I'm missing it. But um, we we don't even necessarily register them, but every once in, in four or five games, they uh, they crash into into our uh, our, our operation and, and become an annoyance. We deal with them, move on. That's how it goes. But uh, I think Texas is going to be ready this week to deal with said annoyance. This is what I feel like has been circled on the calendar for Texas since this time last year, right? Like, um, and we always talk and bluster about, like, it's not a rivalry. We don't really care. But, like, Texas fans care about this one for sure for various reasons. Uh, shot in the, or I guess, control of the uh, Big 12 championship game on the line, uh, keeping Texas alive in the big, in the CFP uh, race also on the line for Texas against Texas Tech. We knew going into the season there would be a lot riding on this game. We honestly assumed it might be a de facto play-in game for the Big 12 championship, but one of the two teams didn't hold up their end of the bargain. That's fine. That's either here nor there. That's on them, not on us. But Texas still has a – essentially, you know, if they win this game, they're in the Big 12 championship game. If they lose, they're uh, not out of it, but they uh, need some help to make it in their Texas Tech 6-5 and five on the year, qualified for a bowl last week with a one-point win, I think, over UCF. Uh, the start of the season, 1-3. in three. Uh, Lost to Wyoming and Oregon to open the season. Didn't get their first FBS win until game five. But now they won three straight, 24-23 over UCF. 16-13 win over Kansas without their starting quarterback. And a 35-28 win over TCU. Um... I don't know where to start, Kyle, but like as we think about this time last year, I guess, well, really the first week of conference play last year and what, what that looked like, um, I'm like ready to for Texas to go and put the boots on these dudes. Yeah, I mean, it, <clears throat> look, it's it's um, 
it's the everything runs through Lubbock comments. It's the, you know, I told you guys they will fold um, comments. It's the, you know, so-called blue buds. Um, you know, they're good in Olympic sports. It's it's the the litany of Joey McGuire cuts a good heel promo, right? He said he texted Sark congratulating him after the Bama and K-State wins, saying those were huge culture wins and huge for the state of Texas, right? He, he does a lot of the right things, I think, but he also knows how to motivate his team. He knows how to motivate his fan base, right? And um, really talk up the the animus to to the Longhorns, right? They, they won against Texas and they, in overtime, um, you know, with, with an uncharacteristic uh, play by, by B. John Robinson. And they stormed the field. And, uh, you know, one of their players during that time, you know, cheap shot at a Texas player just, you know, shows what type of what type of people, you know, live out in the plains and, and, and root on this team. I know some good Texas Tech fans, but one of the more obnoxious, at least online fan bases, and you see that, you know, we've talked about it online mindset seep into real life. But um, I think there's plenty of motivating factor, but I think the big one is right. Like just win, get into the, the big 12 championship, which is what you want win and, and erase last year and shut these guys up, have eternal scoreboard. Um, Texas won't storm the field. Like this is just another game for Texas for tech. They literally stormed the field. It was a program defining a coach defining win. Um, it will be just another game for, for Texas. It'll be one thing done to look at the things they actually care about, which is the Big 12 championship and postseason. So um, I think there's enough motivation here with all those things I listed, the quotes, the um, the, the last year, the bad blood, right? It's, it's there. Um, and we saw against Iowa State, when you motivate this team, and they've been relatively motivated all year, but especially when they're locked in, um, they can go in and, and use that overwhelming talent, that five-star talent meets five-star culture, uh, and do special things. I feel like they're bought into getting uh, to the goals of where they want to get, right? Let's make it 11 win, Steve. Let's make it 12 win, Steve. There could foreseeably still be four more games on the schedule, right? Um, if everything breaks right. So uh, this is one of, of the next few that all matter. They all matter, right? And I think for um, Texas, I, I love that it's really been switched from everything runs through Lubbock to everyone runs through Lubbock, right? Like, that's really what it is at this point. But, um, you know, it, this offense and, and this Texas Tech team has been really hard to figure out, right? Um, you know, Zach Kitley was, was brought in. He was honestly part of the reason why there was some drama during the Quinn Ewers um, transfer saga because Zach Kitley was a guy that um, had some bonds with Ewers and Ewers considered playing for him, right? But um, it's been a bit of a stall, especially in the passing game, right? This is actually um, not your grandfather or even not like your uncles or honestly, like Kyle's and my Texas Tech Red Raider team, you know, um, they really want to run the ball and run the ball first. Taj Brooks averaging nearly 23 carries a game for 123 yards on a 5.4 yards per carry clip, right? Uh, 30 plus touches in the lot for the last six um, and past Jonathan Brooks for missed tackles for. So like, he's a really, really good running back, but they're not very explosive, right? Uh, they're only averaging about one point per successful running play, which is not a great explosiveness rating there, but um, all in all, like Brooks is a really incredible running back. The OL is good, not great, but um, you know, I'm curious, like that's the matchup I'm watching, right? The Texas tech offensive line, 
and their running back Taj Brooks against that Texas running defense. Yeah, I mean, it, look, you you have um, our favorite named Red Raider, Rusty Stats, uh, has been the center, and he was a, a good blocking center. How is that not an advanced stats? <laughs> exactly. Um, as we're pumping out the advanced stats, just know when Gerald and I do them, they become a little a little rusty. But um, no, we uh, he was a pretty good center, but he had a little bit of trouble snapping the ball as he moved there. So they moved him a couple weeks ago back to right guard, which is um, probably you know better for him just to fire off. And, and you know be a an aggressive run blocker they move the right guard who was last year's center back to center so there's a little bit of you know anytime you have position moves without injury there's something to be said there I don't think the again the offensive line is one of the top three or four maybe maybe it's four I don't know um, I think UT West Virginia Kansas State right now look like the the outsized favorites or best offensive line in the conference and some of those for, for best offensive line in the country. So somewhere well behind that, um, Kansas state had a much better line than what tech has. But, um, even though Kansas state has a great tandem of running backs, I think right now, the way Taj, uh, Brooks is playing, you know, he's, he's at least the second best Brooks in this conference. Um, but all kidding aside, he and Jonathan were both named one of the 10 semifinalists for the Doak Walker, uh, award this week. So, um, actually four of those are in the big 12. So that says something, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's um, there is a lot here. He's a really strong runner. He if he can get through that line, if he can get to second level, you saw Monty Bailey hit the hole really hard for TCU and get some things going in the second half in that game. If he can, you know, get to the second level, he's a guy who can punish linebackers, certainly punish safeties. Uh, he's strong, right? Where Brooks is patient and shifty. Um, sorry, Jonathan Brooks. Uh, Taj is is more uh, of a just kind of run you over uh, and keep going running back, right? And so um, not the fastest player, but he can break them. Um, he he is he is strong and quick i think uh so we will see a heavy dose of him he's gotten 30 carries uh in four of his last six they're, they're leaning on him as gerald said he's not necessarily explosive gonna average seven yards a carry like jonathan brooks he will get that if he breaks a big one or two against lesser defenses but where they really use him is a four yards in a cloud of dust offense and that to me really um, matches up with what Texas wants opponents to do, right? That plays into Texas' strength, run into the teeth of Murphy, Sweat, Collins, Broughton, uh, et cetera, Sorrell. Um, you know, run into those linebackers who sometimes, you know, Benda historically, great, great, great game last week, uh, and Blackwell, you know, currently have had some issues getting lost in zone and, and um, in, in the shuffle on pass coverage, um, lost some backs coming out of the backfield. I think Blackwell uh, was blocked illegally downfield, but but lost the, the wheel route for a touchdown against Iowa State. I think you will see some Barron at cornerback, bigger set like we had 20 times last week, three linebackers on the field um, to stop that run, which I like, right? I like that personnel package. I, I still, you know, safeties can't cheat and get beat over the top you still have to respect it we'll talk about the passing game but i do think they want to focus on the run which again texas has had its most success when teams tried to establish the run and failed um versus just saying all right let's just go pass it 30 times and complete 23 of them so yeah so like you know kitley has been really um heralded as somebody who's, who's quite creative and you know when bear morton took over as the starter you know it hasn't really they haven't really taken the world on uh, you know by by storm uh 1400 yards over the last you know nine ish weeks 12 touchdowns four interceptions chuck uh, is already out the door decided that he wants to transfer um you know and they really like they spread the ball around on quite a few different receivers you know you've got um xavier white who's averaging 2.8 so essentially three receptions a game you've got jaron brantley who's uh averaging three receptions a game you've got miles 
Gus Price, who's uh, averaging four. None of them have more than like 45 yards per 43 yards uh, per game. So, like they're not going to be a big uh, play offense in that way, which is really where Texas has been susceptible um, to the pass. And so I really, I, like, I think you said, I'm curious to see how and what Pete Kwiatkowski does to accommodate and accomplish that, right? Got a really great game, like you mentioned, from David Benda. Jalen Ford is Jalen Ford. Anthony Hill has been really, really great over these last few weeks. So I'm like, I want to know if they're going to shift their personnel any um, to a, to really match up and, ma- and match what uh, Texas Tech is trying to do and trying to accomplish. Because um, they're not necessarily, like, I feel good if we get in a situation where where Pete Kukowski's like, Baron Morton's going to have to beat us, right? And if Baron Morton beats us, then I'm mad about it. But um, I feel more confident in that. Taj Brooks is 250 carries, right? The the um, next player on that roster is, is Tyler Shuck with, with 48. The next running back is 36. He's taking 100% of their carries. He is their, their running offense, right? Passing they've, you know, Shuck went down. Jake Strong was in there, you know, through 65 passes as well. Um, but Morton is who they've settled on and he's, he's fine. He's, he's not a bad quarterback, but he's certainly not the quarterback this year. Um, and so, they're going to try to make it really simple for him. You saw the Iowa State. We were giving what I thought was, you know, going to eventually lead into some some bait coverages. That we were giving uh, inside leverage and a little bit of cushion, and they just took advantage with eight-yard slants all game repeatedly. Um, I think, you know, Morton is a good enough quarterback that he can take advantage of eight-yard slants, right? You saw it last year, the formula to beat. Texas was Joey McGuire, went for it a bunch on fourth down, had a quarterback who could run just a little bit, but mainly just dinked and dunked for, you know, five yard soft spots and zones, do what the quarterback can do, take what Texas gives you and just keep pushing it, pushing and pushing it, right? They have a better running game this year. So if they can get into, you know, advantageous positions at all, they can be an an effective offense and they want to keep the ball out of Texas's offense's hands. So they, you know, could likely uh, try to extend those drives out, right? They expect them to go for it on fourth, maybe go for two uh all kinds of things like that mcguire is is an aggressive coach and they're gonna you know try to do anything they can to win but i I, like i said i do think um if texas safety stay frosty like don't fall asleep back there uh the rest of the team you know focus on stopping the run and cornerbacks really just man up and make morton beat you with with his arm and not with the easy stuff right don't give them uh the short you know five to seven yards uh easy passes um then you know there could be something here but second halves we talked about in our last podcast is what i'm watching texas when when tech adjusts and kitley adjusts how does uh, Texas secondary adjust counter adjust if you will in that second half and keep this from being a fourth consecutive game where 200 yards and over 70% completion happens for the opposing quarterback so flipping sides Tim DeRuiter's defense is fine it's exceedingly fine right um, they're relatively good at stuffing the run 15% stuff rate 3.2 line yards per rush allowed so again good not great uh, very susceptible to explosive passes However, 1.5 predicted points per successful pass, which is one of the highest numbers in the country. Um, not great on third downs, giving up 43, 43.4%, um, 85% in the red zone, with the 55% touchdown percentage. Like, not necessarily a great stalwart unit, but, uh, I mean, they've done enough to win some games. They, they you know, uh, they're not necessarily the best at, at forcing turnovers. I, I'm just, I'm trying to figure out where, you know, that, like you mentioned, if, if the the Texas tech offense is really going to be successful against Texas. Then Texas is going to have to give them some short fields, give them some mental mistakes. I think um, in order for this to really be the upset that, that Texas tech fans hope it is. Yeah. Uh, 
was it Adrian Taylor Demerson, DT, DTD, um, I believe is a, is that a fraternity, a sorority, DT, Delta, 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 that's a, that's a fraternity. Um, the fraternity DTD uh, has four interceptions on the year. Um, mm-hmm. Malik Dunlap has three. I think if, if again, Tech wants, when I was on the, the Frogs, when I was on the Frogs Insider podcast with Melissa Trebowasser, um, and she was on ours at the same time, uh, and she asked, you know, wh- how does this go to where Texas doesn't win against TCU? And, and the first thing that came to mind coming off of those Malik Murphy games was turnovers, right? Yep. Um, you, you've seen Quinn be really judicious with the ball, sometimes taking sacks instead of trying to force it, sometimes, you know... Um, Biting, you know, holding the ball a little bit uh, instead of forcing where we would have seen the gunslinger Quinn. So he seems to be erring on the side of not turnovers, and I think that's the reason, right? Without turnovers, I think Texas can do what they want um, against this defense. I'm not saying it'll be perfect every time, but it's a perfectly fine defense. There's some meat in that passing game, certainly. I think Worthy, if he's healthy, um, is going to want to really uh, put one more NFL draft game on tape, show that game-breaking speed. Same for, for you know, uh, A.D. Mitchell. They're both guys playing for first-round draft pick status. Um, and, you know, Mitchell was was uh, just absolutely beside himself. He didn't get a touchdown last game. You know, you think I, uh, it's, it's, it's like a fish out of water. Not not him in the end zone. He did have one. It was called back. But uh, so expect you know him to be a target down there. Keep keep his numbers going in the right direction. I think there's you know our, our wide receivers can can do some work. If we're these limited, maybe this is the Jonte Cook game. I keep teasing it. Maybe this is the one. Um, but if they're if they're you know gonna gonna gear up to stop the run, knowing that you know Texas wants to be balanced and wants to run the ball, I would love to see the screen games get the running backs uh, involved, right? You know, Baxter uh, is due for a, a big Jonathan Brooks type 50 yard catch. Um, Jaden Blue should have had one last week. Maybe he gets one. Uh, maybe this is a Keelan Robinson game, right? You guys been sitting back uh, collecting dust a little bit. He's, he's rare and ready to go. Maybe he can uh, pop one with his speed against this defense. They're not a particularly um, good team off the edge. You know, they have a, a few sacks, but they're, they're nowhere near the top half of the the conference um so they're you know they're not dangerous they're more you know just gonna kind of bring consistent pressure uh maybe we'll have a couple blitzes with the with the linebacker off the edge who's their uh the, their edge rusher with with three and a half sacks uh, miles cole um so you know they're, they're they're fine they're not elite there i don't expect a ton of pressure drawn up but again this may be the game that deruder tries to bring something different um but really i think they're gonna hope sit back and hope they can draw viewers into making a mistake and tip the field in their in their favor yeah and, and i just don't i don't i don't feel confident in tech's ability to do like and we'll talk about this in, in just a moment but like a lot of what tech did last year was um you know create havoc and create tur- like un- uncharacteristic turnovers you mentioned the b john fumble right the fourth downs i just don't think those things are going to be there for them as much this year and so i'm curious to see what the recipe for success is for them in this uh in this matchup so uh kyle anything to add before we before we come to the pivotal podstradamus prize picks portion of the show i was trying to come up with another p i'll just say one thing um it's prescient no it's not i'm no more peace um it's it's um you and my three it's worth knowing it's worth knowing that uh, Brett Yormark will be in the building. He was in the building Ooh. last week. and it, That's correct. You should be booing him. Everyone who's at the game, boo him if they put him on camera. Um, but he will be in attendance. Um, I don't think it's going to be like just a blatant screw job. But with Iowa State, it was like, look, 
four or five different times they had to review a call to get it right now to their credit i guess they did review some of those um you know we've seen games where sark had to literally say review that or the guy is not lined up correctly throw the flag right like it may be uh like like coach yost on the sidelines fighting the ref like he may have to do that um there was an you know pass interference last week that was you know landed you know behind the bench right those um it might be more of those plays uh i don't think they're going to you know necessarily call holding every play on texas they probably won't call it on tech um but that's something to to factor in but i i really think texas you know just has to play really disciplined don't give them anything don't give a little nudge when you're already out of the play on a you know punt return touchdown just don't give them anything to call. They'll still find one or two, um, but they have to play smart. And that's kind of money downs, of course, continue to be efficient there and then really limit the official's ability to be an influence in this game. Yeah, I mean, I think leave no doubt, right, is, is what it like. Don't put it in the hands of them. Just be that much better. So, Kyle, it is time for uh, – I don't – We'll see how it comes out this week, but it's 0-0 in Potsdamus. We are tied. The Potsdamus brought to you by Prize Picks. Remember, Prize Picks is the best legal way to play player props in states like California, Florida, and of course the great state of texas it's an easy way to play daily fantasy it's super easy you just pick two to five players on an over and under uh, on their projections you can make up to 10 times per your entry and they make it even easier for you all of our listeners who use the code longhorn 12 on their initial deposit will receive up to 100 dollars in an 100 percent instant deposit so if you deposit a buck they'll give you a buck you deposit 100 they'll give you one they got a lot of sports to choose from. You can do mixed sports entries. You've got NBA action, got college basketball action, uh, college football. All of the things are happening. MMA, soccer, all of the above. Use that award-winning app you can grab on the App Store and Google Play Store. So check it out. Prize picks over at your App Store. Longhorn 12 is the code to get 100% of an instant deposit match up to $100. Kyle, Texas is heading into the final, final, final. Big 12 home game of its existence. And what is your first Potsdamus pick for that outing? Uh, Gerald, uh, Quinn Ewers currently, you know, leads in efficiency statistics for the the whole conference, right? He, uh, he has missed those couple games, and so he's not necessarily the, the um, single leader in, in all the stats, uh, but he's pretty close um, in all the efficiency or per game statistics to the top quarterback in the conference. And I think this, um, with, you know, the running backs with it, without Brooks for the second week, expect uh, a balanced attack. But um, I, I watched that tech TCU game and Hoover threw it uh, 52 times for 353 yards. I don't think Quinn is going to be, you know, that crazy. And I don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, where Texas can't throw the ball. Plumlee, you know, only completed 50% for 250 uh, the last week. So those are the, the past two games really uh, against them. Um, so I, I'm expecting Quinn Ewers to maybe split the difference right around there. And uh, even though Blake Shapin threw for 324 um, for Baylor, uh, I think Texas, you know, will will have the chance to run the ball and see this one out. So I'm going to put the line at 295 yards or more for Quinn Ewers. Wow, that's a big one, Kyle. That's a big one in 
indeed. So I'm going to actually we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make it uh, super fun and kind of be a, almost contrary for lack of a better term. Um, so Texas Tech has given up more than 150 yards on the ground in all but I think two of their contests this year, including uh, three of more than 200 yards at 272 coming off of a 238 against UCF Texas for its trouble has not gone below 100 yards rushing all year. The low watermark for Texas is 105, averaging um, a solid clip, but again, coming off of a 128 against Iowa State. So I'm going to say that Texas as a team is going to hit more than 125 on the ground. Ooh, that feels... uh... That feels weak. You sure you don't want to go 135 let's, on that? Let's no, go. No. Let's let's go. I mean, we can go one. Let's go 130, 135. <laughs> I'm fine. Um, <laughs> I just, I you know, I realized I set my number so high that uh, I'm trying to trying to inflate both of us because we want a big win. We want to put the boots to this team's neck. For sure. And I think the running game's going to do it, Kyle. <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right. Uh, what's Quinn, your next if pick? Quinn, how about how about this? Two ninety-five total for Quinn because I want Quinn to feel healthy and get forty rushing yards. I'm not calling it, but okay. can we? Can we? Are you okay with that? Two ninety-five total, total yards for that's Quinn. That's perfect. Let's do it. All right. I like okay. it. All right. Because that helps Cause both they, of us. I, I, that's right. I agree. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So let's switch it over now, Gerald. Um, I do think that the Texas interior defensive pressures that we've seen uh, have been otherworldly. I think the fact that all of our sacks are coming from the middle of the line are incredible, but I'd like to see the wealth spread around. I'm saying uh, Texas will have greater than two sacks, so three or more sacks in this game spread around. I think they're going to come from uh, inside, from the defensive tackles, from the edge, from from Burke and and Sorrell. Collins might get in there again. Um, I think they can get three sacks in this game. That feels a little stolen valor at this point, Kyle, but that's fine. Um, it's okay. We'll let it slide. That's always been the d- dancing with the one that brung me, but that's okay. Uh, but I had one in my pocket already. Texas Tech has been on the negative side of the turnover margin in four contests this year, including a four turnover performance against Oregon, a one, uh, a minus one against Baylor, a minus three against Kansas State, and a whopping minus five against BYU. They've had a relatively clean sheet for the last few weeks one turnover in each of the last two contests but i think texas is going to come out on the positive side of the turnover margin or even be texas is going to have a plus two on the turnover margin i'm going to go i'm going to put myself boldly out there because you did that with quinn i'm going to do it plus two on the turnover margin for texas i like that um i really want this defense to have that game i think you know we, we talked about the way that texas loses it is by being on the wrong side of that the way that texas puts this thing down early and leaves no doubt is not only do they execute, but they stop Tech from executing. They get the ball out of their hands, short fields, easy scores. Um, you know, it can get out of out of control quickly if Texas also wins the turnover battle. And uh, that should be a good outing for Texas if they do all of those things. Again, the Pachanomis is done through the lens of what will happen if Texas is successful. So that's it. Our final regular season big 12 preview of the existence of this podcast texas on the uh at home at dkr on friday to close it out against texas tech a win puts them in to arlington for the big 12 championship their first time being atop the regular season standing since 2009 and again going for their first trophy since that same year 
All right, Gerald. Now let's take a look at the world through some burnt orange lenses. I've avoided talking too much about the secondary postseason because we've been focused on the Big 12 championship. But the, you know, winning this Tech game gets us into that game. Winning that game gets us into at least the conversation for the playoff, right? We 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 know that. We don't have to do too many scenarios. We just keep winning, and we'll you know control some portion of our destiny. But I was taking a look at it this week and thinking about it, and just wanted to remind you that the top eight teams currently have three combined losses. That's a crazy, crazy, crazy stat. It has been years since, um, you know, the, the, the top four teams even were undefeated. But, you know, the top eight teams only having three losses is wild. Um, this is a weird year for everyone in that regard. But this week gets a little bit interesting. This might be the first chaos week with the teams that, you know, have an eye towards the college football playoffs. Yeah, I mean, we, we are. We're not going to cheer for Florida because I'd never ask you to do that. Um, but a uh, an or a, a Florida win or a Florida State loss, I guess, would be very ad- advantageous for Texas. Um, you know, Florida wins this week, then I think that opens the door pretty wide for Texas uh, on the CFP because I think, um, you know, it would also be nice for, like, Oregon to lose another game. or like, Either Oregon loses another game or Washington wins out all the way. But I think that's, like, the big... Um, the big setup for Texas, right? Because whoever wins Michigan, Ohio State is going to win that conference and get in there. Um, Georgia and Alabama, whoever wins the SEC is going to get in there, right? So I think like Florida upsetting uh, Florida State or Louisville doing it um, in the ACC championship in a couple weeks would, would do. But um, And then either Oregon State winning this week or Washington or Washington winning out completely like that. Like there's still a very clear path. It's, it's going to take a lot sure. of help for Texas, but uh, the path is there. Yeah, I would love Oregon State to take care of it because, uh, again, as good as Oregon has looked running up the score against bad opponents, they have no top 25 wins this year, right? Tech is probably their second uh, best win of the season um, after a Utah team that, you know, just had Cam Rising come back for the ninth year. Uh, I think seventh is actually the number. Um, I believe I saw the stat, by the way, that Cam Rising uh, came in as a freshman when Sam Ellinger was a sophomore. Yep, um, accurate. So, so enjoy, you know, feeling feeling old there as Sam Ellinger, you know, collects his his uh, second uh, NFL check. Um, no, Michigan, Ohio State, if one of those teams wins just unbelievably decisively, that should close the door on both of them getting in. I hope we're not in that situation. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot to watch in this week that's interesting. I do hate that Jordan Travis is, is out for Florida State. Mm-hmm. Um you don't want to see injuries to, to, you know, great players, but um, from a Texas perspective, right, that's a Florida State team that should have lost to a, to a not great, you know, average or whatever Clemson team. Um, they're beatable even with Travis. So I think, you know, these last two games are a, a, a um, are a torturous path for them without him. Um, the last uh, kind of bit here is some seniors, Gerald. We had the list come out for Texas. They play senior night against Texas Tech. Um, the list I'll run down just quickly, Paxton Anderson. Um, of course, everyone knows him as Jerry Jones' uh, blood there, um, who who may have or may not have gotten uh, DeMarvian Overshone drafted, which is tremendous. Paxton, you're, you're a legend. Uh, Gus uh, Asale, who I believe um, had a uh, one of the highest... Uh, GPAs on the team, so we'll have to look to replace that. I believe he was a 4.0 uh, student, all, all academic Big 12. Jade Barron, Patrick Bayuth, uh, Jet Bush, Trill Carter, Jalen Catalan, Alfred Collins, Keaton Crawford, Jalen Ford, David Benda, uh, SGW, Sawyer Gorham, Welch, Christian Jones, Tannehill Love, always love that name, uh, Gabriel Lozano, one of the uh, backup kickers, Jake Majors, Peter Paji, which was just, man. Shout-outs to Pete. Got a little... 
chills reading that one. Yeah. I'm glad they're celebrating him. Byron Murphy, Isaiah Nair, Keelan Robinson, Ryan Sanborn, Tavondre Sweat, Jaron Bug Thompson, Ryan Watts, and of course Jordan Whittington. Out of that list, anyone you want to call out, Jaron? Uh, I mean, it, I was honestly surprised to see Majors on there. I think he may have another year in him. There may be a COVID year situation for uh, Jake Majors. But no, I yeah. mean, this is a solid list. A lot of these guys, I say a lot of these guys, like what, six of these guys are already on their way to the Senior Bowl, right? T-Sweat, Christian Jones, Alfred Collins, Murphy, Jalen Ford, Barron are all got their invites and accepted to the Senior Bowl. So like they're, um, they're heading out. You know, those guys are gone. Um, yeah. You know, and T-Sweat is going to make a lot of money for himself there. I think a lot. most of those guys are going to have really, really good camps. So I'm excited uh, to see that. So Byron Murphy is a true junior. This is the first year that the Senior Bowl has allowed juniors into the to be invited to the Senior Bowl. So it, it I was reading up on this before the pod. It does not mean by accepting uh, the invite that you are uh, foregoing your senior season entering. So I'm still holding out hope uh, that, that somehow uh, Murphy you know, the NIL factory comes through and Murphy decides he wants to have, you know, from a, a really good draft pick, have a T-sweat um, absolute, you know, eclipse of the draft board and, and come back. It's maybe wishful thinking, but uh, but yeah, there, there's uh, two guys there in, in majors and, and uh, Murphy, who I'd love to see to, to help us start SEC play. But again, we, we want guys to come here and go to the NFL. We never will fault a guy, a uh, player for, for going to the next level. But yeah, I do think Peter and Podgy, just such a such a great story. And I mentioned it earlier, Gerald, the 10 Doak Walker uh, finalists, uh, semifinalists came out and there's four in the big 12, Jonathan Brooks and Taj Brooks, who we've talked about on this podcast extensively, RJ Harvey from UCF and Ollie Gordon of Oklahoma state. It's funny that it's Jonathan Brooks and three guys who haven't had to play Texas yet. Um, who are the, uh, who are the Doak finalists? And I don't know again, if that means that uh, Texas has, has uh, tough games ahead or again, these guys seasons look better because they didn't go uh 19 carries for for 24 yards against texas right um but you know ollie gordon did do that against ucf so who knows uh but yeah i mean really great mac had a guy on here from north carolina marion hampton's been great for them um really incredible though four out of ten big 12 running backs dokes doke semifinalists it says something about the conference Absolutely right, and all. Funny that a couple of them weren't the starters at, at the start of the year. J, JB and, and Ollie Gordon, neither of them were the, the number one starter at the start of the year. So, uh, incredible year from them. Um, it's funny that people try to say that Blake Corum was better than Bijan a year ago because um, he's not even better than the people that are in this class, which is fine. Gerald, I think he's 66th in uh, yards from scrimmage. He's tremendous. Um, no, I think Quorum is a fine player. It's just, you know, it, it was silly then and it's silly now. Um, Longhorns in the NFL this week, there there was a couple, you know, there's bye weeks for Bijan. A couple of the running backs up in Chicago were sharing, splitting carries, which you love to see. Uh, but no one really exceptionally stood out. I believe uh, Quandre the Giant had 13 tackles this week. But I wanted to shine some love on the big fellas, Gerald. Um, Sam Cosme and Connor Williams. Connor Williams has uh, has had a good year playing for your Dolphins, moving over to center. Um, has you know been pro football best graded lineman for them multiple games uh, out of the season this year. He's he's uh, a free agent, so he's a guy who uh, could be you know he's currently listed as the top center free agent on the market. Could be getting a payday, or he could stay with your Dolphins um, for for Connor Williams. Um, you watch more Dolphins than me. Is he is he looking looking like the real deal at center? He is. I mean, the Dolphins are looking like I wouldn't say like a fully real deal. Like they're not going to win a Super Bowl or anything, but they've they're they've looked better than they have in a very long time. And I think part of that is the offensive line. 
Yeah, and, and uh, glad to see Connor really locking in there. Sam Cosme, who moved from tackle to guard, uh, has been the only good thing for the Washington Commanders. Um, he had He's had three perfect uh, games as graded. Uh, I think this last week he had 50 pass snaps. That perfect would be zero pressures allowed, zero sacks allowed, zero tackles for loss. He's done that three times. So, I mean, he's uh, you do that and you're... Uh, you're gonna be a guy who uh, who gets uh, gets a little, little paper coming your way as well. They've had a tough year, and it seems like if they're in for a rebuild, Sam Cosme may be the one thing that they're like, all right, let's start with him. He's one of like five players on the team. Like we're keeping this. What else is there? So good on on Cosme for he started every game for them. Uh, really been one of the few consistent points on that Commanders team. All right, Gerald. Finally, let's take this bad boy home. It's Thanksgiving. Folks are listening to this probably uh, on, uh, you know, depending when they get around to it. Maybe it's Thanksgiving. Uh, maybe it's early on, on Friday before the tech game. Whenever you're listening to it, if you, it's already happened, happy Thanksgiving. If it hasn't happened yet, happy Thanksgiving coming up. Um, but, Gerald, we have a section where we talk about things that we watch. Um, Godzillatron. And if you were watching on your giant screen, what Thanksgiving movie are you putting on? I mean, I can't think of one other than planes, trains, and automobiles. Like, I can't think of sure. another. Uh, Thanks Killing was one that we watched late night on <laughs> right. Netflix. That was pretty right. terrible. Um, right. We're like, we always we transition to Christmas movies really early. Like, Thanksgiving is when we start transitioning to Christmas movies. Like, all of your Christmas movies, gotcha. in my mind, are Thanksgiving movies. So, like, but planes, trains, and automobiles is like the Thanksgiving movie I can think of. No, that's uh, honestly that's fair, right? I think that is the the go-to, and it is, I think, a crying shame that that the uh, industry skips Thanksgiving, which is an incredible uh, holiday. Um, I think Fantastic Mr. Fox doesn't it have a Thanksgiving mm, yeah. uh, plot to it. Um, Chicken Run, obviously, mm-hmm. um, is a good one. Um, I'm sure there's some more, and I'm just not thinking of them. My uh, the last waltz, one of my, the I think the best uh, live band concert albums was was or uh, documentaries was filmed on Thanksgiving. You could count that if you want to stretch a little bit. Obviously, people love a Charlie Brown uh, Thanksgiving. That's one of your That's more yeah. classics. Fist um, fighting the lawn chair favorite in the Goodrich household kids love that one absolutely um when I googled best Thanksgiving movies I want to read to you the list because it cracked me up something called Turkey Hollow haven't seen that um Scent of a Woman which I had forgotten has anything to do with Thanksgiving it's been too long yeah I haven't seen it in a minute yeah uh The Blind Side which again I don't remember the Thanksgiving refuse to see that always felt weird about it (laughs) vindicated now uh The Wiz uh I I do remember um think some thanksgiving elements i have seen the whiz recently but i still don't uh, remember that tower heist and paul bart mall cop so just some Mm. absolute um killers in there i will say if you're an aspiring filmmaker uh or a a filmmaker um listening to this podcast we know some of you are out there with ut's award-winning uh rtf program um the market is is unsaturated it is ripe for you to make the new thanksgiving classic that's all we got for you this week kyle where can the good folks find you on the internet oh you can follow me on twitter at kyle carpenter you can also follow the texas pregamer at texas pregamer you can follow me on twitter at gh goodrich follow show on twitter at longhorn pod facebook and instagram the longhorn republic choose an email longhorn republic pod at gmail.com we'll be back on tuesday with our recap of the texas tech game and theoretically hopefully on thursday with our preview of the big 12 championship game thank you so much for tuning in again this week and until next time hook them 
Hook 'em. Tech, we're done playing you turkeys.